Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. And you are going to love today because I am bringing to you the beautiful Sarah Geringer. And she is going to teach us and enlarge our faith in the area of Christian meditation. Oh, my goodness. You guys know how excited I am. So we're going to just invite Sarah in right now. Welcome. Welcome to the show. I am thrilled to be here, Janelle. I'm so happy. She's so lovely. So you must watch on YouTube because Sarah just <laughs> radiates exactly what she writes about. And so, Sarah, I want I I connected with you uh, recently in St. Louis uh, at the Asa Conference, the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association, and it was such a busy time. It was kind of crazy, and so we didn't really ever get to sit down and have a chat, which was sad. Um, but we're chatting now, so that's good. We are. I, I am so happy to have connected with you. So please tell our heartlifters and our stronger everyday community a little about yourself. Okay, I am a Christian author. I'm a podcaster too, and I am a speaker, a creative coach, and an artist. So I love all things creative. I am a wife of 20 years. I have three teenagers. And I have a dog who eats as much as one of my teens. So I always say that he counts too. And uh, I am a fifth generation resident of Southeast Missouri. So I have very deep roots here. I'm very proud about that. I'm going to be writing a book about Missouri uh, next year. So talk to us about that real quick. Give us a freedom because my daughter lives in St. Louis. So uh, during the pandemic, um, I was taking walks outside like a lot of us. And on my prayer walks, I just discovered things, ordinary things to pray about. And I know that prayer can be kind of a frustrating or guilt-ridden topic for a lot of Christians. So I get to write a book about my prayer walks in Missouri and how they can inspire you to pray about ordinary things when you take a walk, even if you're in New York City. So I can't wait. That. That'll oh be heavens. October of 2022. Oh, I have to wait. That'll be right around my birthday. We were just, <laughs> we share October birthdays. So mm-hmm. mine's the 11th and yours is the? The 5th. 5th. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that is so fun. I can't wait to gift that to my daughter because she walks <laughs> all the time. Yeah. yeah. They, they live in the, the Tower Grove part of St. Louis. So it's, yeah, it's I love very, that place. It's very yeah. pretty across from the park. So we're always walking right. our little Labradoodle Rosie, my grand pup. Uh-huh. And so in your book, Transforming Your Thought Life, that is what grabbed my attention first and foremost, Sarah, was how to transform the thought life. Because of course, is what I do in the Heartlift practice and what we do here in our community is, is really all about integrating faith with our mental health and our mm-hmm. emotional health. And we talk a lot about the threefold cord of emotional health, which is a healthy sense of self. And that's, <laughs> that's your thought life, healthy right. behavior patterns and healthy communication skills. And every 
thing about all we do comes back down to how we think and how our thought life works. So what behooved you? What, what other than God saying, Sarah, I want you to write on this subject, what drew you to the subject of uh, transforming your thought life? I'm, I'm very curious. Well, I have to be honest. I didn't know that I was doing Christian meditation when I was doing it. Hmm. Um, so it, this was 2003 and I had been, uh, loyal church girl. I went to Christian school, even went to Christian college, but I had never read through the entire Bible front to back. And I wanted to take on that challenge. So Mm -hmm. I went to my local Christian bookstore at the time and I asked them, I wanted a Bible that would make that easy for me. And so they suggested the one year Bible to me and that particular edition that I had, the editors had uh, put one verse in bold every day. Oh. And they didn't even say anything about meditation, but I took that um, like a good student that I was. Um, I took that as a cue that I'm supposed to focus on this. Wow. So I'm I'm focusing on this verse. Sometimes it's from the Old Testament, sometimes New Testament, sometimes the Psalms or Proverbs just depending on the day. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there for a few minutes in the morning before work and thought about that verse. And I thought, what does this verse tell me about God? What does it tell me about the life I'm supposed to live? And how am I supposed to interact with others based on this verse? So I just wow. put it through those three filters. Love that. And, and remember, I'm, I know the Bible I'm, I've Mm. lived, you know, a Christian life. Can't remember not knowing God. Wow. Um, Wow. I love that. Mm. But I hadn't spent one-on-one time with God and his word. So Mm. this was new to me and I'm in my, um, I'm a newlywed and, uh, in my mid twenties when this happened. What does that mean? If I can pause you for just a second and tell me more, like, what does it mean that you were definitely raised in um, the biblical worldview, reared as a a follower of Christ, um, Christian school, Christian college, all of those things built on a faith framework. So then what does that mean perhaps to someone who's a little more curious? What does it mean you didn't didn't do one-on-one or didn't spend one-on-one? What does that look like? Well, I think uh, we need to worship God and get to know him in different ways, Mm -hmm. but we can't do one thing at the expense of another. So if you go to church every week and you listen to the sermon, you sing along and you pray, that's wonderful. That's one of the spiritual disciplines is corporate worship. Yes. Another one is meeting in community with other Christians and just um, enjoying their fellowship and connecting with them and their stories, hearing their different opinions, different points of view. It all uh, enriches your own faith experience. And that's essential too. Those Mm -hmm. are not the same things. Mm -hmm. Those are different things and they're essential for your spiritual growth. But then personal devotion time with God. Mm -hmm is where you're really doing that heart work that you're talking about, Janelle. Mm -hmm. You're really allowing the Holy Spirit 
to interact with your spirit and reform you and change you and shape you into being more Mm Christ-like. And it's, it's hard to do that when you're listening to other voices coming in at church, you're listening to your pastor, your worship team, um, in, in community with other Christians, you're listening to those voices and that's important and necessary in those, uh, environments. Right. But we really can't grow mm-hmm. as much in our relationship with the Lord and developing our relationship with him as our father, as our savior, as our guide, the three yes. persons of the Trinity. Right. It, we have to do that on our own time with him and get quiet with him and get alone with him mm-hmm. so that we can hear that still small voice that the the Bible tells us about. That's mm-hmm. It's just not possible to do that even when we're doing those other good things of mm-hmm. being in community or being in corporate worship. So mm-hmm. that's, what I, that's what I had experienced. And those mm-hmm. were wonderful things. Those were sure. great things. And they're totally necessary. We shouldn't only meet with God on our own and not meet in corporate settings. But I think that I think at that point in my life, the Holy Spirit was giving me a hunger for something more. Mm, there it is. And so he yeah. was drawing me in. Yeah. And what happened within just a few weeks was I was realizing I know this, I know God's word is true. That had been drilled into my worldview. <laughs> and I'm so glad. I'm so yes. glad that that's <laughs> a bedrock foundation of my faith. God's yeah. word is true. It's infallible. It's complete. It's holy. So I knew it was true, mm-hmm. but I'm reading these things mm. and I'm saying, if, if that's true, then what's going on in here and in here mm-hmm. is not true. Mm. There's oh, a wow. whole lot of lies going on in here and it's lies that I've believed that Satan has told me lies. I've told myself, I have a strong inner critic inside Mm. a part of my personality type um, and lies that others had spoken over me. And I started to realize that I needed more help. Mm. And I think thinking back to why did the Holy spirit use that moment? It's because I was going to become a mother the next year. I didn't know that at the time. And he he knew that I needed to become more wholehearted and healthy so that Mm -hmm. I could be better equipped to be a mother and eventually join a small group and enter church ministry and become a writer and all these other things. But what happened was once I started discovering those lies and wanting to tear them down, that's when I started reaching out to help with my pet. A pastor, a whole bunch of Christian books, especially the book Boundaries. If you've never read that, I've, yeah, I bet fabulous. I've recommended that a hundred times, <laughs> yes. literally. It changed my life completely. Yes. And I read over a hundred books a year. Wow. So wow. that is, wow. I mean, it's really high praise. Impressive. But other, than, it started with the Bible though. It mm-hmm. started yep. with the Bible. That yeah. led me to seek outer help and I also spent uh, five years in Christian counseling. Oh, okay. so it all Yourself. started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It all started with getting in that space, just with the Holy Spirit and His Word, 
and letting him move and shape me and heal me, start that healing process. Right. I know that's what he wanted me to, I know that's what he had in mind, even though I had no, I was just taking on a personal challenge. Right. just by just by spending a few minutes a day mm. thinking about that verse in the morning so then i might sometimes i wrote it down took it with me on a card to work and then i would meditate it on it during lunch um i would meditate on it again when i'm cooking dinner cuz i had it in front of me and just interacting with it a few times a day for a few minutes per time right. started changing everything really and that's why I was so passionate about telling other people Mm. this is an ancient spiritual discipline it is it's prescribed to us in the bible over 20 times especially in the psalms Mm -hmm. it's very biblical um it is not like worldly meditation because it's using god's word as the focus and the bible tells us that god's word is living and powerful. So the fact that I have read my one year Bible now, 18 years in a row. Oh my gosh. Have you seriously? Yeah, I have. I have. Powerful. What I needed from it back in 2003 was totally different from what I need now as a mom of three teenagers when Without I wasn't a doubt. even a parent, you know, so, so it's living because it speaks to us wherever we're at. Correct. And very living and very active. I love that's one of my favorite scriptures, actually. So we're talking about Sarah's incredible book. That seems like it was a long time coming. Like it it been, was right. I had no idea that's what was going to happen from that. Exactly. From that little encounter in a bookstore, give me a a Bible that I can read easily. And then whoever wrote and published that Bible highlighting, and you think of all the processes as we know as authors that books go through, why they would highlight that and why they did that was to provoke within you this whole ardent passion for that one-on-one that you really didn't even know was missing in a sense, you know, you did and you didn't. And so that's what I love about the third person of the Trinity, particularly. And I think that's what we're really honing in on today is the power of the Holy spirit is usually just a perpetual invitation to me. It's a perpetual invitation. If I just have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart open, you know, that the Holy spirit is so there hovering, waiting, just like my little hummingbirds in the backyard when they just come and they hover, you know, I just always think of the Holy spirit. I can hear their, their wings, you know, because I have a plant right behind the desk. I sit out well, my patio table outside. That's my outdoor desk. And I'm like, Oh, there's the Holy spirit. Oh no, it's a hummingbird, but maybe it's the Holy spirit, you know? (laughs) And so it's just so beautiful. So you went on this journey and you realized that, uh, as we say here, Sarah, uh, the longest journey is from our head to our heart and integrating those two parts of our being. And we can, most of us, not all of us, but, you know, know in our head scripture, verses, words, sermons, songs, all of that, like you said, we have the head knowledge, but What I do in my work is try to connect that with the heart and the gut because the gut's the third brain, 
but you know, that very long journey to where we are absorbing. So when you started this process, because I think one of the biggest obstacles for my clients and in my own life, uh, and for those that I have in my sphere is learning to be quiet, learning to sit still. I know I started it and I talk about this all the time, uh, a very long, 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 long time ago. Uh, and just to be still, I'm a mover. I'm a, da- I'm a, sh- I'm a dancer. I'm a mover, you know? <laughs> and so to learn that the cadence of stillness is perhaps the most beautiful part of movement is to be still. Um, what was your experience with that? And do you have any uh, little tips, little helps? Yeah. I do. Oh, good. <laughs> you know, I, it's not really hard for me. I'm, if you follow the Enneagram, I'm a one wing nine, gotcha. but uh, that's a perfectionist and a peacemaker, but I usually call myself half Martha and half Mary. There you go. So the Martha gets things done. She's the one that writes the books and does the podcasts and all that stuff. But the Mary is the one who sits at Jesus feet and listens and contemplates and meditates on his word. But not all of you are wired that way. But I will tell you, I know that most of you are taking a shower every day. Mm -hmm. Most of you are commuting. Most of you eat breakfast or lunch. So pair your meditation time with one of those times when you are by yourself and you can concentrate. I love that. Don't make it hard. Don't think I have to get all this stuff done to get this quiet space, use a quiet space you're already, you already have. The only trick is you've got to have your verse ready before you do it. So if, if you're getting in the shower, then you need to look up your verse. Maybe you're using the version app mm-hmm. and you're thinking about the verse of the day that they put on there. Oh, that's good. We'll, that's, we'll you put know, all this out there for you guys. Yeah. You know, maybe if you are on, maybe you want to conquer anger in a certain month, then go on Mm biblegateway.com and type in anger and you'll get a keyword, a topic search of all the verses that are on anger and maybe write 10 or 15 of those down on sticky notes and just place them on your bathroom mirror when you're putting your makeup on or on your, your computer desktop. I did this when I was working outside the home, put it by my computer desktop and I can see it a lot of times a day. And that was, that was great. Yeah. There's a verse that says, set a guard at my lips. Yes. I would put that because I was a high school secretary. So I'm dealing oh, my with all word. kinds of people all day long. And that no would, doubt. Help, me. That would yes. help me stay on track. So it's just whatever, whatever issue that you're struggling with, there mm-hmm. is a verse that there will is. help you overcome. And that's why I structured my books the way that I did. Yes. Uh, I Go ahead and share it. with us how, how you did that. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I love the way it's structured. Yes. So before I wrote this book, I asked my tribe of followers, what, what are your most common thought life problem areas? So they shared these with me and I built these chapters around their struggles. So for example, every, um, chapter has the problem, but it also has the virtue that we should pursue. So for example, anxiety is really Mm -hmm. high right now. So I have some verses that talk about anxiety, but I also have verses about peace, about pursuing peace because peace counteracts the anxiety. So any of these 
I make it easy for you in these chapters because I've mm-hmm. kind of already selected some that have yeah. at least worked for me. Right. And you can just pull them out and use them as you as you wish. I'm going to read a few just to give them an inclination because I love it so much. It's so good. And I'm using it in my practice for sure. So you have the introduction, which we are going to talk about, you know, how Christian meditation trains mm-hmm. your thoughts, but you have careless thoughts, oh, negative thoughts, anxious thoughts, self-critical thoughts, yeah. thoughts that criticize others. Oh my gosh. Fearful thoughts, idolatrous thoughts, guilty thoughts, discontent, impure Painful thoughts, defeated thoughts, regretful thoughts, angry thoughts, unforgiving, and self-focused thoughts, and untrue thoughts. I love, 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 love the way this book is structured because you can choose one, even a month. There are 17. So mm-hmm, I mean, right. two a month, one a month, but this is, it's really such, an, I'm such a practical nuts and bolts girl especially in my work with others. I like to give you something to walk away with. So I'm just, you've got to have this book in your arsenal because it will be such a great tool. So yes, start that way. Post-it notes. I am a firm believer in post-it notes or putting things around the house so that wherever I go, I'm seeing my daughter last time she was home counted that I have over 52 word plaques in my house. (laughs) Yeah, I love those too. And then she went yeah. outside and goes, it's on the flags too. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, whatever you like, um, whatever you can afford. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm, I'm, I, there's a, uh, I can't like, I'll go yeah. to a store and pick it up. No, 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 right. no, no, no. You can't have any more word plaques. You're good. You're good. Right. Okay. So tell me then how Christian meditation transforms my thoughts then how once you have maybe chosen an app or some way to choose your scripture for the day based on what you are struggling with personally tell me how how i do this give me some help well i'll share an example from the book and okay. i talk about guilty thoughts and some of us deal with real guilt because it's something we actually send about that we need to confess and make right but a lot of us a lot of us deal with false guilt, which is not really something that's wrong. It's just something we choose to be ourselves up about. And I have a lot of that. And so in the chapter on guilty thoughts, I talk about how I was with my uh, three-year-old son at the time. And I get in the car from a Bible study of all things. And I'm saying out loud, I'm saying, well, that was stupid you know, criticizing myself for what I shared or just just silly things. A lot of us do this. You're inner critic. Yeah, for sure. And my, my little cute little son said, stupid's a bad word, mom. Now he doesn't think that's so much more now that he's 17, (laughs) but you know, at the time, I love it. (laughs) Yes. And so I realized I, I wasn't even realizing I was verbalizing that. But then my son is going to learn that from me if I don't stop. Yeah, he is. So I needed, I needed something. I needed an anchor to cling to in those moments. Mm -hmm. And I was in Bible study fellowship at the time. Oh, wow. And we're studying. I love, I love. Enough said. (laughs) Yes. And we were in the book of Romans, which is amazing. 
And we got to Romans 8, which is sometimes called the crown jewel of the gospel. And God used the verse, Romans 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's beautiful. And so every time Mm. that I had a guilty thought, the Lord said, I want you to say that verse out loud. I want you to stop and say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And what that did... I, I, it wasn't a one and done thing. No, no, no. <laughs> no. This was a long, a deep seated problem. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, the thread that runs through my whole book uh, is spiritual warfare and you mm-hmm. use the word arsenal. So yes. we've got to fight back with scripture. And this is what, this is what Jesus did when he was tempted. Mm-hmm. Each of the three things that Satan tried to tempt him with. Jesus countered with scripture and he's the son of God doing this. Yes. So yes, (laughs) if, if he's doing it, then we by all means need to be doing that, but we can't come up with scripture if we haven't had the time to let it sink into our heart and mind and start memorizing it. And the Bible tells us to hide God's word in our heart Mm -hmm. and mind. And the way we do that is through repetition through meditating on it and really pulling out those pieces of how do we apply it again? What does Mm -hmm. it tell me about God, myself and others? Mm -hmm. So that's how you get it in there. And I think when I was reciting it out loud, Mm -hmm. that's also called declaring truth. Yes. Declaration. Declaring a verse like that in a moment of temptation is very powerful in terms of spiritual warfare. It's almost like you're saying, mm-hmm. get behind me, Satan. Well, you, you uh, are right saying you're that. saying it. Yeah, you are saying that because death so, and life are in the power of the tongue. Right, exactly. So Only you're, two you're choices. saying it to yourself, like right. you need to hear it, but also... If you could see yourself in a spiritual aspect, you're, you are, you're holding up that shield You are, or you're shooting an arrow and you're saying, I'm not taking this today. That's right. So that really helped me that verse. I still have to go back to it sometimes when I'm, when I'm in one of those downward thought spirals, just pull that verse out of my memory and you heard me say it. I didn't have to look anything up. It's because no. I've meditated on it thousands of times. It's That's there. Right. It's in there. Nobody can take it's, it away from me. It's an arrow in the quiver, right? It's just right. there. It's like, oh, need right. that one right now. Yeah. And, you know, Sarah, I think uh, I've traced my own journey. I'm now in my seventh decade. You and I were talking a little bit about age before we got started. Um, but when I, too, was a new mom, now mine are all in their 30s, Um that is exactly what I started to do because, you know, we didn't have internet. I mean, I'm, oh, we're getting old now. Um, no internet, nothing like that, right? No, I had a big old strong concordance, which was this thick, you know, <laughs> and a Webster's 1828 dictionary, which is that thick. And I, I struggled a lot with anger, unresolved anger from trauma in my childhood and stuff. So I would just like open it up, just like you said, instead of going to Love me some Bible Gateway, and I love Blue Letter Bible as well because you can look mm-hmm. up uh, the Strong's, you know, the translation transliterations of it. And um, but I would open that up, and I'd go to anger, and I'd go all the way through, and I went to the Psalms and the Proverbs. I kind of narrowed it to that, and then I would look up. So I must have had a million post-it notes around. And when I look back at that, I think to myself because Paul tells us to re 
mind ourselves, right? That we can every day, we can get a new mindset. It's basically what he's saying. And now in the study of interpersonal neurobiology and neuroscience, we know, we know, we know for a fact that we can rewire our brain. So mm-hmm. whenever, whenever I'm talking about neuroplasticity or rewiring the brain with different techniques that I've learned through trauma, you know, uh, training and things, it's, we are rewiring our brain. That's how the early saints <laughs> rewired. They did rewire. Nothing is new right. under the sun. Neuroplasticity is not new under the sun. I say that all the time. And so this, my dear heart lifters, what Sarah is telling us and leading and guiding us in is a way to rewire our brain. We retrain those thought loops. Like you were saying with your strong inner critic, we all have one, but your personality type for sure. I'm married to an Enneagram one Mm -hmm. has a very, and my daughter is one. One of my daughters is is a one very strong inner critic. And so you're just you're rewiring. You're saying, no, that's not true. That's not the truth. Right. We take the word of God, which is the truth. And so this is what I love about it. It's like you are offering us probably the most ancient tool of all. Yeah. Right. Right. David. Because they didn't have most Christians, most followers of God didn't have written texts. No. So it was all oral. It they was. had to do it just like this. They did. So it's, it's exciting that I think it's going to the, the roots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to what really, really, really works. Mm-hmm. And, but I think the journey that you're leading us on is, is definitely helping us. We're going to get here from head to heart faster. Definitely. And in just a few minutes a day too, this does not require corporate worship that requires an hour of your time plus travel, plus getting yourself ready for it. Right. right? This you can do anywhere under any circumstances. Inexpensive does not cost therapy cost counseling cost. Right. But, and I always say that it's a rudiment, even if you need more uh, skilled help. This is the rudimentary fundamental piece of your arsenal. It is the, the bot. You've got to store it inside of your body, your heart. You've got to put the word in. Right. Right. And it's so doable. If you have five minutes a day, you can do this. All right. So you're going to show us how, and I want everyone boy, oh boy, You know, I'm trying to bring to you the voices that are so critically important at this season and the material, the resources, Sarah's book. And I am, before we have you guide us and lead us, I, a drum roll, please. I I am so stoked. I am over the moon about your next book. So I want you to talk about it for a second, Sarah, because I'm I'm tearing up because I have little young clients that. Mm -hmm. I, I just have chills everywhere. I cannot wait. I'm probably am going to do a little study online for them, you know, with your books. So talk to us about oh. your next book. I want you to get this one. Listen here, moms, particularly and dads. Um, but this one is going to be, go ahead. Okay. I'm going okay, to show you all on YouTube. So make Yay. sure that you go over. So this is my book that I've been talking about transforming your thought life, Christian meditation and focus. This one's for adults. Yes. And then this one is 
Transforming Your Thought Life for Teens. Oh my god! So it is the teen girl version of the adult I'm version. Up. I'm so excited. And if you go to my website, and we'll talk about this at the end, mm-hmm. I have free discussion guides <gasps> for both of these. You're so organized. You're so, such a one. You're such a one. I want, I know, I know this. Okay. Cause I told you I got teenagers. Teenagers are reading less and less. Yes. But one thing that they want, one thing that Gen Z wants, they crave it, is they want real, honest, authentic conversations about faith with adults. Yes. They want to see the good, bad, and the ugly. That's right. And so if you, mom, dad, youth leader, teacher, mentor, whoever you are listening, you're, this discussion guide is the same exact one. You're going through this process and you're saying, Hey, I struggle with untrue thoughts. I struggle with guilty thoughts. What does that look like for you? Because a teenager is not going to sit there and say, Oh, let me tell you about this problem in my thought life. You're, (laughs) you're going to have to lead, but if you lead, you're opening the door to them knowing that they're not alone in their struggles and also seeing it in action, how you're humbling yourself before God, asking for his help, and then rerouting your thoughts in a more positive direction. So that's my goal for these two books. Not just, don't just put this in your granddaughter's (laughs) uh, Christmas bag. I want you to actually interact with her on this because we've got to meet Gen Z where they are. And if they're asking us for authentic conversations, we've got to deliver that to them. It's, it's really a difference on whether the faith is going to get passed into their generation or not. So it's really, really important and it can be fun. It can be Mm -hmm. interesting and, and just a really way to bond in your relationships with, with uh, young adults. I'm just over the moon screaming off the top of my housetop right now because I, you and I agree on that. And I, I love the church community. I love small groups. I love Bible study. I love all the gatherings, but I have pounded the table for decades, especially with my own three when they were younger, you know, that the family unit should be the most important small group. It should be the most important Bible study. It should be the most important conversation happening in your children's lives. And we didn't do everything perfect. There's no way, shape, or form that we did that uh, anything perfect. But we did try to make it a consistent habit to gather at least for a half hour to say that our father to do something. And now I know so much more. Um, you know, I went to get my master's in counseling and all that post my children in teen years, you know, so we're now growing in the thirties with them. Mm -hmm. We're growing together and learning more and understanding more and doing, talking more about our true thoughts and those types of things. So Sarah, I'm so happy and so proud. And I can't wait to have you back on to talk about that book. And maybe in that session, um, we will give more, um, ideas and nuts and bolts and practicalities about how, parents can sit down with their children. I just had a client session at the crack of dawn today with a family with two boys in their twenties. They're 26 and they're just now learning how to sit down and have conversations that are real and authentic. It's never too late. It's never too late. And never. I don't know a single kid who isn't hungry and thirsty for that. 
I really believe I, I support you 1000 million percent. I don't care if this kid is 61. Yeah. You know, exactly. My mom just passed at 92 and I was just pat like continually. Let's have honest. Let's talk honest. Let's talk honest and authentic. Mm-hmm. Every one of us wants to be able to have that kind of family where we feel safe, secure, seen, known, loved where we belong. Definitely. I love you so <laughs> As we close out today with great anticipation for that book that's coming out October 12th, right after my birthday. <laughs> um, and so we're going to have you back for that for sure. And you'll be able to, or maybe you'll be not sure when this is going to air actually. So uh, at some point we'll, we will have you back, but would you guide us as we're closing Sarah and everything about Sarah will be available on the show notes. So I will make sure everybody knows everything about you and where to connect and all of that stuff. But I'd love to use our time if you would just guide us in a simple meditation. I would love to do that. So I have chosen a meditation verse for the year, uh, for the last, since 2017. So let me go with my first one since I've meditated on it the most. This is Isaiah 26, verse three. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So that was a year that I had quit my day job to be a writer. So I was jumping into this world of uncertainty. And I made this my screensaver on my computer. And so every time I was worried, I would meditate on that verse and I'd go uh, run the dishwasher or fold some laundry or something away from my desk. And I'd think, is my mind steadfast on God? Am I really trusting him? Am I really trusting him? Because if I don't have peace right now, I'm thinking that's the reason. That's what the verse is telling me. You will keep in perfect peace. We know perfect peace is only available through Jesus Christ. Nothing in the world gives us perfect peace. Those who keep their minds steadfast, steadfast, it's an old fashioned word. It's like, it's like clinging to something. It's like fastening onto something. Super glue. Right, right. Because they trust in you. So I had to think, okay, my anxiety now is because I'm not trusting God in a certain area. I'm not trusting him for my finances. I'm not trusting him to provide more work for me. I'm not trusting him to take care of me. And I had to really get honest with myself because I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to see that ugliness in me. I wanted to think I'm a good upstanding Christian, but really I was all worried. My heart rate was rising. I'm doing all these little, I shove chocolate in my mouth when I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people are emotional eaters, right? So I had to challenge myself and look at my sin and confess it and say, Lord, I want to be steadfast. I messed up today, but I know you're covering me with your forgiveness and I'm going to choose you now. I'm going to choose to believe you're going to provide for me. I'm choosing to trust in you. I'm choosing to make my mind steadfast because I want your perfect peace. The perfect peace that chocolate can't provide. The perfect peace that a soap opera can't provide. Whatever it is, you know, that's not a good substitute for the peace that you rest on me 
like nothing else can do. So I really wrestled with that verse. I struggled with it. I made it a part of my thinking. And now it's just engraved somewhere inside of me. I don't even have to think twice about that. Mm -hmm. It just flows outward. And that's what God's word can do for you. It can, it meets you where you're at. It meets you in your struggle and it's going to lift you up. If you will just humble yourself to receive it, and then allow yourself to be transformed by it. Yeah, so good. It's one of my favorite, favorite verses because <laughs> I've always wrestled with not being able to be still or really have that quiet. So beautiful. So that that's an example right there, guys. Heartlifters meditation is, Christian meditation is like I learned anyway that a cow has five stomachs <laughs> and they regurgitate their food. So I'm, I'm dating my teaching here, but that's how we, we were taught, you know, that, that you just keep bringing it back up all day long, all right. day long and chewing on it a little bit more than swallowing it. And that's just a, a very vivid picture of what it looks like to, you don't have to set aside for 20 minutes in the corner of a room and you can right. move, have your breath, do your chores, do your work. I'm constantly doing that in my head, constantly uh, trying to put in healthy, healthy, healthy thoughts into my life and my brain. Sarah, thank you so much. We can't wait to have you back. And I just can't wait to share more about uh, this book and the next. And so Heartlifters, please remember today that you are clothed in strength and dignity. You can make this your meditation today. You are clothed in strength and dignity with nothing to fear. And you can smile or maybe even giggle at your future. Till next time. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.